0: Welcome to Eye Dry Needle To The Point. Today, we invite physical therapist Jessica Comiskey to the show. Welcome back, folks, to Eye Dry Needle To The Point podcast. I'm your host, Paul Kalorin. And today, we have uh, another rockstar dry needling clinician, private practice owner. She works with all sorts of populations, um, but it, private practice is inside of a CrossFit uh, gym. So we can touch on that. Uh, I'll let her introduce herself, but you might know her uh, as Dr. Jess, the DPT on Instagram. She has quite the following. She has great content, but her name is Dr. Jessica Comiskey. She's a PT DPT. So without further ado, thanks for joining the show, Jessica. Uh, Let's introduce yourself to the audience. Hi. um,
1: Yeah, I'm Dr. Jessica Comiskey. I'm a physical therapist. Um, like you said, I'm a private practice owner inside of a CrossFit gym. Um, I practice in North Carolina right now. Um, and I've been a PT for about seven years now.
0: Awesome. And obviously well, how we, uh, connected on social media is the, the dry needling connection. It seems like you dry needling is a big part of your practice, uh, so before we get into more specific questions, just kind of tell us what's your dry needling background, your training, how long have you been doing it?
1: Yeah, um, so I started doing dry needling, um, let's see, I think in 2018 I took my first course um, with through IDN and um, I loved it. Um, I had seen it as uh, when I was a student, one of my my CI had started doing it. And I started seeing results that he was having with his patients. And I was like, wow, this is so cool. I need to do this. So um, when I got the opportunity, I did. And then I took the advanced course, um, January of 2021, because I knew I was going to be starting my business. And I wanted to make sure I had my skills as good as I could get them. Um, So yeah, so I've been Once I started my business about a year ago, I mean, dry needling has been a huge part of it. So, um, that's definitely like people are like, what is this? How can this help me? I get a ton of questions about it. A lot of interest people that have had it in the past that have already seen good results with it. Um, and just coming to me, you know, for dry needling, obviously I do a variety of, um, treatments at my clinic but I would say dry needling has definitely been probably my number one draw um, for a lot of my patients so
0: yeah and we want to dive deeper into that uh if you've listened to the show before we've had uh I mean it's our 23rd episode we've had all sorts of uh educators researchers but a handful of private practice owners And honestly, I'm not, uh, to those listening, physical therapists, sports medicine, healthcare professionals, uh, Whether no matter which side of the fence you sit on, as far as you do dry needling uh, or not, I think we all at this point admit that it is one of those modalities, one of those skills that gets patients through the door, or at least that's what every private practice owner we've had on the podcast uh, has said. So let's kind of dive a little deeper into that. Uh, it, you have what appears to be a very busy, very successful private pay practice model. So tell us more about that, and kind of go a little deeper into what you just mentioned. How does how does dry needling uh, fit in that practice model?
1: Yeah. So um, you know, I, I'm I'm in a CrossFit gym, so obviously um, in an athletic community, and I also live um, in a Military community, so lots of active duty soldiers and veterans. So just very active um, city that I live in, and people that are really looking to recover quickly so they can get back to whatever it is that they need to be doing, whether it is CrossFit or being ready for you know active duty um, and doing their job in the military, things like that. Um, to people that just want to stay uh, fit, you know, just general population. So. Dry needling is just a really great way to help with recovery, and um, it—I mean—the results that people get, you know, are very quick, and I think that that definitely helps because um, people definitely want that in our, you know, in the culture today. They want to see results quickly, and um, I know that with dry needling, that's definitely something that that does happen. And also, I think just the curiosity. So with, you know, like with my social media, people just ask me questions like, what is that? I've never seen that before. Can you um, tell me a little bit more about that? Is that acupuncture, you know, or what is it you're doing? So, um, you know, social media has also just really helped me to just communicate with people and educate them on what it exactly is that dry needling does and how it can be incorporated into a treatment for them um, with chronic or acute injuries. Um, you know, even just all types of populations. I mean, even my my mom. You know, who's like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> I started explaining it to her, and I did. You know, did some with her, and she's like, "Wow, this is this is awesome." So you know something that I mean she just ne- she never heard of it so just being able to open the door to people um that maybe would never know what dry needling was or um you know have have access to it and then obviously with private practice too just going along with the recovery um you know people can get in to see me very quickly so um North Carolina you know it's direct access people can you know, message me on Instagram, send me an email and I can get them in same day, next day, you know, very quickly. Um, and whereas in a lot of larger clinics, that just can't, it just can't happen. So, um, that also helps with, with, um, getting people in the door and getting results, getting them back to what they want to do.
0: That's intriguing. And, and like I mentioned, that's, Uh, social media that is is how uh, we connected and it's I think this is very intriguing for private practice owners Uh, there's this pressure that social media um, is really a powerful tool that we should be using you have great content a great following and it seems like you almost answered the question already but I think some of the listeners out there are probably asking uh, it's great to have the, the followers and the likes, but how does that for you translate into patience? I guess, how important is social media as a tool for your actual practice?
1: Yeah, so um, honestly, I do like 90% of my business on Instagram, which a year and a half ago, I Prob- I didn't have any followers on Instagram. I'm really not a big social media person, which might come to a surprise because I look like I know what I'm doing. And um, I think Instagram has just been trial and error for me. And just you gotta step outside your comfort zone. Post, just post, just just post content. Answer questions. Um, you know. And so I started doing that, like the Ask Me Anything things like that. Posting. Um, you know, my dry needling and um different things, uh content like that. People would just ask me questions and I was just available to answer. And I, that makes a big difference for people. Like when you actually just show up and answer their questions and I listen to them. And I'm not expecting to get business when I answer these questions. I'm just generally trying to educate people and talk to people. Um because I just really love dry needling and I like talking about it. So um, I think that comes across to people like, hey, you know, yeah, maybe I'll set up an appointment, but honestly she's just there to kind of educate. And then, um, you know, we can just go from there if it's something they want to do. Plus I get a lot of my patients to like tag me. Um, So when people do get dry needling, and they are excited about it. You know, I just ask like, hey, do you mind if I take a photo or put it in my story? And nine times out of 10, well, I'd say 10 times out of 10, they're like, oh, absolutely. They wanna tag me, they're excited. They want to like share this experience. Um, and so then their friends see it and so on and so forth. So, you know, Instagram just a really easy way to share your experiences and what you're doing people can just send my page to their friends like yeah this is Jess. you can just you know dm her she'll get right back to you um so you know all that kind of stuff um i started trying to make some tiktoks which that's a whole other thing but those those are really good too because they're just like short sweet make them funny make them educational but um Yeah, just like a a quick way to just to get people to be like, what's that? I want to know more about that. And then just answer questions. So for my friends that are trying to go out into private practice like me, I that is like the number one thing I tell them, like get on Instagram and just start posting. Even if you don't know like what to post or what you're doing, just start posting, get your people to tag you and it'll kind of like go from there and it'll start to make sense. So
0: that's yeah, a great blueprint. Uh, and I'd echo that. I mean, even as far as saying like, yeah, Instagram seems to be the most uh, business savvy social media platform out there. But I think you touched on uh, what most people feel. I mean, even you said a year ago, you didn't even have an account. I mean, it's, it's pretty intimidating. Uh, and again, if there's this pressure that like, you feel like you have to have a social media following, you have to have a large following quickly, it's very intimidating. And beyond that if you do any type of research you find all these algorithms that are what you should be posting uh, all the hashtags the videos the reels uh, so it's intimidating but I think you hit on the key points is basically be consistent that is a big piece of of any social media algorithm but then um, basically be relevant I mean talk about stuff that you're an expert in that you're passionate about that you do and then I like kind of your your add-on, referral network, which is having patients post as well. So I think that's really helpful. Um, if we talk about your patients, I mean, we you kind of painted the picture of your clientele, I mean, military, CrossFit. Um, and if we're talking about patient populations that have been using dry dealing for the longest, it is the military and, and sports or or the very active populations. Um, But I noticed you also have other specialties. You do everything from post-op to post-stroke to women's health, even vestibular. Uh, So I'll ask a question uh, many dry needlers out there have, and that is, do you use dry needling for these different patient populations? And if so, uh, how do you use it? Do you use it differently for different patient populations?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, I've seen like just such a variety of people because, um, you know, uh, that people get to a point where they've already maybe done traditional physical therapy or tried a lot of things and they're like, I just want to try something else. Um, you know, I don't want to take all these medications for the rest of my life. Um, stuff like that. So like dry needling is a great way. One of the reasons I like it. Yeah. It's a great way to manage chronic pain and without having to take a lot of these, um, medications that people have been on for years in some cases which have a lot of side effects and create other issues so um you know I I I use it for like maintenance of chronic pain um I'll use it in areas where like in um with nerve issues or like I did, like I do, I've done a couple bells, palsy, stuff like that, like trying to get the muscle reactivation to come back, like areas where there's not a lot of sensation. I've done um, scar tissue management, I've actually done quite a few of those, which has been interesting. Um, I did some like with post incision uh, scars from C-sections, um, some weight mothers who are weight like CrossFit athletes who um, have old C-section scars that create a pulling sensation for them when they're trying to lift um seeing great results with that people that have had um even moms that have had like tummy tucks and stuff like that that are trying to get back into the gym so just all different types of of healing um i even do a lot with um sinus so i do that to myself too (laughs) but yeah literally like uh sinus stuff, um, people that have just had like drainage issues, um, <clears throat> and just some interesting different like facial stuff going on, obviously TMJ, but, um, yeah, I've done a lot of interesting like facial dry needling, just different diagnosis. That's been really interesting and really good results with that too. Um, so, you know, pretty much, can, I see it all, basically. I don't, I don't turn anybody away, so.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, and I, I start to sound like that as well. I think it's just, I mean, you already mentioned you went through uh, the most advanced training you could through integrative dry needling. And I mean, I think the question that I tossed you is a common one, maybe after level one or level two. I think when people take that introductory course, or maybe they're preparing to take the introductory course, I do think kind of the history and the, uh, honestly, the research and kind of the mindset of needling is just for pain modulation and just for orthopedic or neuromuscular neuromyofascial dysfunction, but um, like you and like anyone who's gone to kind of the the highest level of advanced training, um, I mean, you have your your contraindications precautions, but essentially you do um, see value in at least Trying or using it as a tool, as a part of a full treatment plan uh, for almost anything. And I'm not trying to make it sound like dry needling can fix anything, um, but it is interesting to hear the context of maybe someone who's a new and a novice needler versus a more advanced needler. Uh, Because I think your answer kind of circled almost any type of condition or symptomology that would walk through the door.
1: Yeah, I think. So I know a lot of friends of mine too that have aren't as experienced in dry needling um they kind of ask me like oh you do that you've done this and that and I'm like when you start needling consistently like on a daily basis like a lot you're just not as you know intimidated or you're just like you're way more confident in your needling skills so it's like with anything the more you do it the more confident you're going to get and the more you're going to see you're going to see patterns you're going to realize different things and you're going to be able to make these connections that you just don't make when you don't do it that much um and i always tell people like if i've ne- if i haven't treated something before with dry needling it's like my first time i just tell them hey i'm more than happy to do this and i'm not 100 percent of the outcome but we'll try it a couple times and we'll see how you do and I mean, if you just tell people that, and I don't promise them the moon or anything, but just like, hey, you know, let's give it a shot. um, They're like, yeah, okay. And like, I mean, I'll be the first one to tell them like, hey, I don't know if this is going to, you know, work out. But usually we see positive results in all the experiences I've had. But yeah, I mean, just, I guess, you know, don't be afraid to try just because you haven't it's not something you do very often, like I know in in PT school. So when I went to PT school, I graduated in 2014. So, I mean, we, we barely touched on dry needlings, very, just, we, we glossed over it and it was sort of like, if you want to do this, you have to go um, out on your own. So don't be, don't, don't think that that means that, you know, uh, it's not something you can just kind of go, go with and use your, you know, expertise that you already have with all these other treatment interventions with dry needling, and you just start to make those connections the more you do it, and then it just starts to make sense, so.
0: I agree, and yeah, to echo what you're saying is uh, 100%, if you're not trained, you need to get training in dry needling before you try stuff, but uh, like I'm saying, there does, you do kind of get to this point uh, where you're an expert dry needler, where Uh, As long as you know you can be safe with it, yeah, you're much more willing to not even take a risk, but uh, use it on other regions, muscles, conditions, diagnoses that, you know, when you first started needling, you probably wouldn't have considered. Um, And it's interesting, even on our Instagram yesterday, I posted research, uh, cadaveric validation study on pronator quadratus, so the distal uh, radial ulnar joint and to my knowledge, that's not a muscle that is taught in any dry needling curricula right now. But uh, to the point that we're making, I think it's something that you know where it lives, you know uh, kind of the structures you're looking to avoid. And with some experience and kind of that expert eye, knowing how to manage just the, uh, the treatment session in general, uh, it's something that we've done. I've only needled one in my career. Um, But yeah, it's interesting to see that comes out in research as well. Um, And we're talking about results, seeing clinical results. Uh, So as we wrap things up, again, we're to the point trying to keep things pretty short. How about you give our audience um, some parting words or some advice or even just a, a dry needling success story?
1: Yeah, and I, I try to do those patient testimonials on my page too. So like, if anybody ever tells me that they have a good experience with dry needling, I'm like, please just type me like a few sentence blurb and I'll, you know, if I have any pictures or anything, I try to share that so people can see that like all the different ways that it helps people and and it's on my social media page, so it helps. But yeah, um, I guess my advice is just like with anything, just go for it. I mean, just just do it. Like if you're, if you're not sure about starting your own practice about getting dry healing certified if it can help your patient population or not um you know just go for it try it and I mean I've just been amazed with the results that I've seen in my patients I mean every day I'm just like so happy with that I've decided to go this route with my career so Um, You know, people that have just been through rounds and rounds of physical therapy, they've had surgeries, and like I said, pain medications, all everything. And we start doing some dry needling with them and just they're able to get back to doing things they haven't been able to do in years, and um, are just extremely grateful, um, you know, for the services that I'm providing. So um, definitely, definitely worthwhile
0: love it and i would echo that as well i mean not that you ever take those words and those success stories for granted but i will say almost anyone uh before and after dry needling like you will have a lot of those success stories when you start needling and in the context of of what jess just said of other treatment strategies uh not having much success uh even yet yeah compared to sometimes surgical or pharmaceutical like there's there is success with dry needling where at least I personally uh, hadn't found and most dry needling clinicians kind of echo that well it is the end of our episode so first of all at dr jess underscore the dpt is instagram so we will post that uh, when we launch this episode Otherwise, if you're catching us on iTunes or Spotify, Google Podcasts, any of the platforms, uh, this is To The Point. I'm your host, Paul Kaloran, and we'll see you next time.